Welcome, everybody, to the Wannabe Jedi Podcast. I am your host, Josh. And I am Matt. And today we're going to be talking about Jin Erso. So, Matt, before we talk about Jin Erso and get into the facts about her, we're going to continue with the Star Wars lines. Yes, the Star Wars lines. <laughs> and I will start us off this time. Okay. And it's very fitting. I hope I, I hope I do better than last time. Yes. Um, my first quote is this. Mm-hmm. Lies! Deception! <laughs> Who said it? <laughs> Saw Guerrero Rogue One. <laughs> I love that line. Oh, uh, we I... use it. Was that the one I just sent you on Snapchat? <laughs> yes, you did. You did. I, I saw it on Snapchat prior to the recording. I was like, ooh, this has got to be it. It was just, it's so fitting for this episode. Noise. It felt, it felt right. Deceptions. Bokalit <laughs> <laughs> knows the truth. <laughs> you came here to kill me? <laughs> I, I, I gotta say, I love Saw Gerrera as a, you know, rewatching the Clone Wars, playing um the... Uh, uh, Jedi Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and eventually seeing Rogue One, um, you know, I, I I've be- I'm rewatching it just before this uh, podcast. I've, I've gained a little bit respect of Sagara because he did lose his sister. He did lose he did lose a lot to the Empire and, and 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 I think he lost his mind to the spice a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, okay, so for my first one, we have look for the Force. And you will always find me. Oh, that is it is Rogue One. Yes. Um that is Churit Imwe. Yes. yes saying it, it to Baze. Yes. Very hard. I rewatched I rewatched uh Rogue One too in anticipation. <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten that if I hadn't. Yeah. It was Man, a- we're we're two for two. Yeah, two for two. Okay. You want to go good. for your, your next one? Yes. This one I think is just fitting because of what Star Wars content is coming out. Okay. I am no Jedi. Oh, that that's Chirrut. <laughs> nope. No? Oh, wait. Is well, it... actually, okay. Chirrut has a quote similar to that. Okay, then it's But ba- that is not... Okay, then it's ba- no, 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 no. No, it's not. It's not. What? Um, it is Ahsoka in Twilight of the Apprentice oh. Part 2. Okay. When, when he says <laughs> that mm-hmm. he was weak and I killed him and your Jedi power... Or whatever, saying that your Jedi powers isn't, like, strong enough. And she said... I am no Jedi. Okay, I, yes, I know that that quote from Ahsoka, but rewatching Rogue One just probably about an Chirrut, hour before he does say yeah, that. Chirrut does say it. I can see how that was misleading. So <laughs> that that one's on me, Coach. That 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 one's on me. Okay. So <laughs> does it does that count for a two for two? Uh, no. How about a one point five out of two? One point five. I'll 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 give you that. Okay. What about a? I'll, I'll bargain a little bit. <laughs> Darmamu, I've come to bargain. <laughs> wrong wrong universe, but I had to say. <laughs> Okay, so you ready for mine? Yes. What will you do when they catch you? What will you do if they break you? If you continue to fight, what will you become? Holy shit, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Language. <laughs> Repeat it again. Repeat it again for me. What will you do when they catch you? What will you do if they break you? If you continue to fight, what will you become? Is it in Rebels? It's it's in a movie that we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> it's in Rogue One, and yeah. I don't remember it. Yeah. Hmm. I'm I'm disappointed in myself. It's it's, it's a hard I'm one. Dis- it's a hard it one. is. That's a very tough question. 
I don't know. I, I don't have the answer. Okay, he was in Clone Wars, the Jedi <laughs> Fallen Order, and Rogue One. Oh, is it is it Saw? It's Saw Gerrera. <laughs> really? It is Saw Gerrera. What part? Uh, I think it's at the beginning, the first uh, quarter of Rogue One, if I, if my memory re- recalls. Um, but yeah, it's either it's I, it's not in the Clone Wars. I do not remember him saying in the Clone Wars, and not definitely not in Jedi Fallen Order. So it's definitely in interesting in Rogue One. Interesting because well, I think you're saying it to Bodhi when Bodhi when he captured Bodhi. What would they do if they when they catch you? Oh, got it. Okay, that maybe makes maybe more it's sense. Bodhi. Maybe it was actually. Jan, I don't, I don't know. Now that I'm thinking about, it, I don't remember, but I know it's a quote from Sagarera. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is gonna bother us. Um, yeah. But three, two point five out of four, not bad. Two point five out of four. <laughs> two point five out of four. Could have been better. Um, you really stumped me on that last one. I, yeah. <laughs> that was a clutch. That was one. good. It was good. I was trying to find a Clone Wars one that would like kind of throw you off, but so one... that makes our record now. So I went. Did I? I went one for two last time. I went one for two here. So I am two for four, and you are 1.5 for four. So I have a slight advantage on you. Hey, give me about give me the point five because I did get Obi-Wan last time. You, it <laughs> took you a second try. Okay, I, you know what? I will give you the point five for that. Just for Fine. So we are, we are tied equal. at two. <laughs> we're going to keep track of this as we go. Okay. I am convinced that I will beat Josh on this. I, I think I have it down. <laughs> Although I did toss you. I, I lobbed you the first one with Lies Deception. I, I felt bad, you hey, know? I lobbed you the last one with um, <laughs> no disintegrations. <laughs> no, I knew that one. I mean, yes, you did lob that to me, but I did know that one. So Yes. <laughs> Anyhow, okay. um, we are talking about Jin Urso today, and I think... We know almost everything about her when it comes to Rogue One. Yeah. I think that's where most people know her from. But a lot of today, I think, is going to be around how we felt about the novelizations, um, like Catalyst or Rogue One, mm-hmm. um, and the various comics that have come out along those lines. Because um, I think that's where a lot of people don't have that knowledge of Jin or so. So I think that's going to be important. Yeah. So I kind of want to start off right off the bat with mm-hmm. the planet she's from, which is called Vault. Okay. Is that the the farming planet where the Ursos nope. were living? No. Nope. It is the birthplace of Jin, as you know, the climate is often snowy, windy, and quite inhospitable to off-worlders. That is a direct quote from the Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. They spent about 6 months there before they were transported to Coruscant uh when Galen met Krennic at like a at a facility near there mm-hmm. and so then they were transported back to the senate area mm-hmm. in the Galactic Republic apparently this is very confusing apparently it was a sought after because of the mining operations where Urso worked, mm-hmm. it was a sought after by Count Dooku. And so apparently it was falling into separatist hands and Krennic had to extract the Ursos from the planet mm-hmm. and bring him there, which I thought was interesting because that just seems weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not a huge fan of that. I I mean, I understand that like Galen and... Uh, Krennic had a background, mm-hmm. but it, it seemed very weird that they met 
while working in a private industry. So not even working for the Republic, but working at a private industry. Gotcha. Interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, but you probably like that they, you know, they had a new planet for them. (laughs) At least, yeah, I mean, it it is a new planet. I don't have anything of the landscape um, other than it being in like the opening set of like comics. There's not much out there, so it is worth noting that it's another ice planet. Which I personally like the idea of the ice planets. I think it's a very interesting concept. Mm -hmm. However, a lot of them feel very similar, so that's the only downside. Yeah, but. I know that Jin was in a Forces of Destiny video for like children um, with mm-hmm. with uh, Sabine, who we've talked about, mm-hmm. and um, I know they were, like they were. It was pretty much right. I would say a little bit right before Rogue One. Did you see that, Matt? Um, I saw that they had interactions, but I didn't get the timestamp on on when they were interacting. Yeah, I it's it's hard to tell when, but it, it's probably right at least a year or maybe six months before. Uh, Rogue One, but and they were like running from the imp- Empire. So, yeah, no, actually, could have been could have been a little bit. Thinking about the timeline, it could be actually a, a lot before, like five years, because Sabine... she wouldn't have really come into deep contact with the rebellion at that point because she went into like the mm-hmm. evil, not evil mode. I don't want to say that, but criminal mode. Yeah. Um, and that's when she kind of disconnected from the rebels and saw Guerrero's. Uh, misfits i i like to call them yeah, misfits. Jin. So. but i was also thinking about like sabine like um because it would be after ezra it'd be after ezra and thrawn disappeared and then yeah it was probably at least before that it, i wouldn't see it before like before rebels happened because rogue one was right before a new hope and then mm-hmm. and we know sabine was she didn't change her hair yet so it's not after the uh not after the empire fall but of course not but yeah um, so one other thing that I wanted to note before we kind of jump a little bit closer to um, after the fall of the Republic and into the Empire. So mm-hmm. Urso was offered a position at like a industrial company on the planet of Lokori, mm-hmm. which the Ursos moved to. Galen Urso was offered that. Mm-hmm. And apparently... The separatists were attacking it because that industry was like helping to produce like weapons for the republic. Yeah. Um. And so separatists separatists led a large assault on the facility, um, with battle droids and everything. And so Jin's parents were trying to flee the facility, and mm-hmm. it's very weird. They like climbed up to the top of the building to be extracted by clone troopers, and when that. They like were trying to climb up there. Apparently, battle droids were approaching to kill all of the remaining people, mm-hmm. and so Galen placed himself in front of Jin and Lyra. But all of a sudden, the droids magically shut down because that was the end of the Clone Wars. And I gotta tell you right now, that's so stupid. <laughs> that's so stupid. I'm one with the Force, and the Force is with me. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. It's like. Let's just make it where they get attacked, and it just so happens to miraculously be when they were one second away from being killed that the droids all shut off because that's magically when the Clone Wars ended. What was uh was do they have the Kyber crystal necklace? I, I don't know if this was depicted. <laughs> have a little no. extra the force on their side, or <laughs> I have no idea. But that just that bothers me so much. Yeah. Because that just is so far-fetched and just a way to tie in how they were involved. I don't even... 
was that even necessary to talk about? What is that necessary know. for their backstory? I I don't I don't see how that helps out their backstory. It just seems really it just seems so stupid. Uh, don't get me wrong, I love Jin Erso <laughs> and I love Rogue One, but that's just so dumb. Uh, I agree with you. I mean, like <laughs> it's just that moment. It's like, oh, where's it been? It's like it's kind of like in Star Wars Episode One, where it's like, oh yeah, Anakin goes in with the the uh, and blows up the uh, station, and then they all stop it and no it's it's more yeah and where it's jar jar hands up about to get shot and yeah. then all of a sudden starts push yeah it, it's very similar to that i guess they're trying to to show the force i don't know like the aspect of the force and how it's unpredictable or it's it's trying to i don't know i don't know That's, sure it's sure, sure. let's sure. go with that, we'll go with that. <laughs> um but i do want to talk about like sog i have a question for you so does it say like have you looked up any research about when the Ursos met Saw Gerrera? And I do want to clarify that I did say at the beginning of this episode that Saw is only in Clone Wars, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, and in Rogue One, but he is also in Rebels. I totally forgot. Um, he was yes, that's Agenosis. true. So he, he is, is true. he has been out through he's been through many. He's like a a secondary character, right? You would say that, Matt. Yeah, I'd say I would say he's a support secondary character. Um, mm-hmm. but he has various arcs. Yeah. We were actually, I, I'm very interested. I'm going to save a lot of my discussions on Saw for Asa later. Episode? Yeah. Yeah, because we definitely will cover him. Um, But I do have the information on when the Ursos and Saw met up. Mm-hmm. And so it was when they were lived back on Coruscant. Basically, what ends up happening is Galen kind of shares his doubts about Krennic and realizes that Galen's Kyber research was to like meant for what we now know as the Death Star, but uh, originally he didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were met between another character named Haas Obit. I don't have information on Haas, Haas but Obit. that's, but okay. that is how Saw Gerrera and Ursos met was through that, connection gotcha. and so saw Guerrera smuggled the ursos off coruscant and brought them to what then is their new hiding spot of lamu which is where that takes us up mm-hmm. into rogue, rogue one. one so now we are kind of shifted and talking about rogue one mm-hmm. and we will continue that after this break Welcome back, everybody. We are still continuing to talk about Jin Erso and about to talk about Rogue One, the movie. Yes. Um, so where we left off was um, that Saw Gerrera brought them to Lamu, and so with that, they now have Saw as a friend. <laughs> um, yes. And so that's when they kind of go into hiding, mm-hmm. um, where they devise various escape plans just in case of, you know, Krennic coming. Krennic and the Empire coming looking. Yeah. And obviously, as we know, mm-hmm. they do find them, and the Ursos are split apart, so to speak. Yeah. Um, Lyra meets her demise via Krennic's guards. and the, the Death Troopers. Yes, the Death Troopers, which are... I'm okay with. 
Yeah. <laughs> Don't love that part, but I like their concept. I love their, their look and design. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the very first things I found, so mm-hmm. I think, as we know, a lot of people know about Rogue One, so we're not necessarily going to be covering a ton of Rogue One during this time. And I'm sorry if I'm talking a lot, but I know that Josh focused his research around Rogue One, yeah. which we're still going to be covering. Yeah. But I think that it's we're, a lot of it's leading up to Rogue One and what we see when they fast forward to her being captured or being uh, rescued. You are being rescued. Yeah. Um, um, in the, uh, oh, what's it called? Um, it's in an Imperial compound. I We have information on that, but before it's the we turbo, get to it's that. It's in a turbo tank. She's in a turbo yeah, tank. Yeah, she is in the turbo tank. um but so at age 11 when Jin was a part of Guerrera's force so one of the first things that we kind of learn about Jin and her time with Saw Guerrera and the Freedom Fighters is that she actually met with Infist Nest from Solo remember Mm, yeah remember the the, uh, Cloud Riders and their leader Infist Nest yeah the one that you want to do an episode on so badly Yep. So apparently they met when she was 11. So mm-hmm. five years before she was abandoned. Interesting. Because Infus Nest offered coaxium to Saw to help his fight against the Galactic Empire. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I, I like that. I mean, originally, weren't they supposed to connect? Well, I don't know about connection between Solo and... Um, a Rogue One, but I think they were supposed to do like Solo and like the Boba Fett movie that's not happening anymore. I think they were supposed to connect those two movies. Oh, like make Solo two happen, which I support. I, yeah, I would like yeah, the second movie, but I, I mean the whole thing with like Maul showing up in Solo, there was supposed to be like a second half to that, and show a little bit more about what was happening during that time. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, definitely. I would like some answers about what happens to Maul. I know we're going on a little tangent here, but yeah, because they had this cameo and we know he's like in the crime syndicate. He's leader of the crime syndicates. And I don't know. That's all thing. Like, I don't want to go on another tangent, but um, yeah, I think they were supposed to connect all the like side spinoff movies somehow. Interesting. I don't know how I feel about that one. I, like I said, I, I think if you've listened to us thus far, yeah. You know that I am a, a fan of expanding the universe and not everyone needs to know each other. Yeah. And but I mean very interesting that like coaxium is the thing that connects them. Yeah. I guess it makes sense. I mean, you you need your weird. fuel to uh go into hyperspace, so that's coaxium, right? Or is that the, I, is that coaxium? The, the But they only met once. That's <laughs> the that's what's weird. It's like so you, this isn't your normal dealer of coaxium? I don't seems kind of weird it seems like a way that they were trying like you were saying to connect all the movies together yeah um i guess if there was a larger story i'd be a fan of that but there there isn't much more there about it no Um, i don't don't think there could be i mean saw i mean he they've been placing him in like every single place that he could be when he was in the clone wars with his sister um and stila sister stila and then yep. to the end when he was on Jeddah and met his demise too. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting. Yeah, um, um, I do want to say, talking about like Saw, and I know I want to go back into Jin. How would it be? What would your perspective be if you were raised by Saw Guerrero, like in Jin's? If you were in Jin's shoes, <laughs> I mean, that's all she knew. 
Yeah. I that, mean, that, that's yeah. just the way that she thought the world was. She didn't understand probably like, mm-hmm. think about it from the moment she probably could start remembering things. Cause what we start remembering things around two or three. Yeah. I mean, she was like probably six or eight. Or, no, when, when, eight, when, when, when the, uh, they were on the farm and then her yeah. mother, she, she noticed that her mother got killed by the death trooper and then her father taken by Krennic. She yeah. Was, she was still like, she still remembers it. I mean, in the movie, they sh- still showed that. The flashbacks. The, the flashbacks, yeah. yeah. So she still had those memories. But so she grew up on the run from, obviously they were on a farm, but mm-hmm. she still was scared. Yes. And so I think that it makes sense that she followed along with uh, with Saw because mm-hmm. that's all she knew. That's all she kind of knew was that this was a this was different. Yeah. The only thing that doesn't add up about that, so obviously she was part of the Freedom Fighters. Yeah. And feeling the Empire's uh grasp. And Cassian calls her out saying, You don't you like you were I've been in this fight since I was six years old, you know, like when he like it gets <laughs> super upset. Yeah. But so was she. She was basically <laughs> in the fight since six years old. You're not wrong. So I, I kind of weird. Yeah. I mean And she... they know that she was like with saw so like it it seems kind of weird to me that there's this like feeling that she isn't political but now she's in the fight i know that we talked about with clashing sabers about how it was supposed to depict how she was uh it it was a it was a take on modern politics for sure Mm -hmm. and that there's some people that are just joining this fight and there's other people who have been in it their entire lives um, yeah. So I think that that's very interesting that they tried to make that happen, but at the same time give her a shady pass by working with Saw as a freedom fighter fighting against the Empire. Yeah. So I, it kind of contradicts, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, thinking about it, Jin really went through a lot of trauma during her childhood yeah. and even when she was growing up. So she was she had to leave her family her father was taken her mom got killed right in front of, in front of her she was grown up by or she was raised by Sagarera and then Sagarera ended up leaving her somewhere on like you know during a mission because mm-hmm. people were starting to notice that you know who she actually was and she has like a bunch of aliases um Stardust uh Le- Leanna Liana Halleck I think Liana Liana Halleck yeah Liana Halleck and then and then there's like two more. There's like Kestrel Dawn, and then Tanith Panther. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's very weird. Yeah. Um So I was mm-hmm. looking at this a little bit further. And speaking of the different aliases, we're gonna fast forward now to basically right before we meet her, yeah. which is her, you know, waking up in that Imperial prison. Mm-hmm. Um. Leading up to that, she com- committed a lot of different forgery qu- crimes, shipjacking, possession of unsanctioned weapons, stuff like that. So she was creating a rap for herself, but she was using different aliases during that time. Yeah. Um, and then the same year that she joins the rebellion and unfortunately, you know, dies. Yeah. She was arrested due to, I think it was possession of fake credentials and unsanctioned weapon mm-hmm. um and she was transported to the imperial labor camp on the planet 
Wambani. Yeah, that serve was, that a was in twenty Rome. year sentence of labor. <laughs> yeah, that's not, not um, good. And and she was no, even when when she was being rescued, she took a shovel and hit a couple of rebels, and then K two S O finally grabbed her and slammed yeah. her. Yeah, <laughs> now what's very interesting is that so that was that's a hefty crime. Yeah. Apparently, this is where I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. The, this is where it loses me a little bit, and this is from like the comics and novelizations. So yeah. apparently, when she was taken into custody, um, they let her keep her ki- kyber crystal necklace because they mistook it for a piece of glass. Interesting. And I'm thinking, you're in prison. <laughs> they could use that glass as like a shiv or something, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, why would you let her keep it? I don't know. I don't know. Um, very weird. I won't even try to understand that one, but it allowed <laughs> the storyline of Rogue One to then have the kyber crystal and center around the force and believing in the higher power. You know what? Um, they, don't, they don't need shivs in jail in Star Wars. They don't. They don't. They just need vibroblades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's interesting was she's sentenced to 20 years. Apparently that is equivalent. Like you're just, you're going to die there. And the reason being is that labor p- camp on mm-hmm. Obani, mm-hmm. you're estimated to be dead within five years. Like that's the maximum life expectancy for someone who was a Wombani inmate. Interesting. Um, and she ran out of friends to rescue her and different guards to bribe. And on top of that, her cellmate, which we see at the very, very opening mm-hmm. of the film, is a named Kennel. And apparently, Kennel was not very happy mm-hmm. with the rebellion. Be- no, with with Jin. Jin, and mm-hmm. so basically, the next time they're like put out on the fields together, I'm going to kill you. Interesting. Is this from the the novelization? Yes, which kind of weird, but I guess it gives the grip. But I didn't feel that in the movie. I didn't feel necessarily that sense of hostility where like Jin wakes up and is like scared, like scared that she's going to be attacked by her cellmate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't I'm, get that sense. I mean, I, he wanted to be broken out with uh, Jin. And he's like, can you break me out too? Or there's something in that, in that uh, alteration of that. But yeah, he, he never said that in rogue one. The, the yeah. It, rogue one. It, it's very weird. Yeah. And what I found to be a little, also weird is I never got the sense that that prison was a place that you go and die. To me, it looked like actually like, oh, you just go work in the fields and then you come back at night. Like they transport you and everything. You don't have to walk back. Oh, so I never got no. the sense that I never got the sense that that was like a a, a place where people are going to die within five years. Yeah, I don't Did you? think I didn't. I mean, all I saw, I was excited to see the turbo tank. That's all I was excited <laughs> to see. Um, So seeing, you know, hearing this, it's different then yeah different because you yeah we didn't get that vibe from it um <laughs> which is interesting i i love rogue one huh i love rogue one but rogue, yeah rogue one's awesome i just i don't understand like the novelization almost it doesn't get it makes it feel like it wasn't portrayed well in the movie yeah um i think they had like, to make it darker like, in the novelization because kids were watching the cinematic yeah, maybe, maybe that's it. It just seems a little weird, and that they include details of like the reason why they didn't take her, 
like kyber crystal but it's like why would you let someone have a necklace it, unfortunately yeah. the idea of like a work camp and prison is you lose that kind of self-identity yeah you don't like, that's one of the, anything you're supposed like that's like that's the idea behind them and so it seems very weird that they would let her hold on to something that's a self-identity with that i don't know mm-hmm um one we're, thing, we're obviously thinking too much into this yeah. probably so I, one thing i do want to ask because we did talk about this on the clashing sabers uh podcast with them and we asked uh adriana do you think felicity jones portrayed Jin well or did you want somebody else to portray i know our friends we have a couple friends that love felicity jones and thought that she did an awesome job with it you know i hadn't really seen felicity in a lot of other she was in Doctor Who, <laughs> just to throw that out there. Yeah, I I didn't see her in in any other show before um, Rogue One. I thought she did a good job. I liked the way that she portrayed mm-hmm. um, Jin or so, but I I don't know. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I, I I mean I liked her. I don't know who I would go with an alternative, just because we've already seen Felicity Jones uh, do her magic on with the screen. Um, but again, we did talk about some points within the Clashing Sabers uh, podcast about that. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it would be hard for me to see anybody else um, right now. But yeah, yeah, I think I think she was fine at first. I think the first time recalling now, actually, that I say that, I think it was a little bit hard to watch Felicity Jones and like portray Jin because Jin was a little bit like stubborn and wasn't very emotional except when, yeah. her, when with uh, galen or so when during the message and during his death and but... we could attribute that to her growing up like she had to kind of leave emotions at the door when it came to being part of the freedom fire she probably witnessed a lot of people die yeah um a, definitely uh her a mental situation her mental situation wasn't wasn't ideal yeah yeah it, it's very it's very interesting but now i think that we're finally fully on rogue one yeah um and we've obviously <laughs> already talked for over 30 minutes now. Oh my god. How did she get so good with a blaster? Definitely being part of the Freedom Fighters and on the run all the time and she could hit her shots. She she hit her shots better than most of the other rebel uh, soldiers yeah. and she was using a pistol. Cassian like the, the main squad, the main Rogue One squad, the rebel squad. They hit their shots. All the the rebels and the you know that on Jedha, all that that whole scene, there's like three people, three bandits going against the tank oh yeah and they're taking out yep. their blasters and they're all like sloppy shoot their blaster bolts are going different way and then yeah. cassian's just like oh there's a person gonna throw a bomb but uh, he might hit Jin, so he shoots and one then... shot and just nails it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so definitely training definitely their training was definitely was, training yeah <laughs> so i found that to be mm-hmm. interesting I mean, also, they're the main characters, so I guess it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about the Cassian Jin kind of romance flirtiness that all of a sudden appeared randomly? I mean, I got to say they did fine with it because at the end, watching like those little spoofs of like how or how stuff should have ended and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, should we kiss? It's like. No, I don't know you that well. Like that makes sense because they've only I known each other for part. a month or so or whatever. I I do love that part. Um, it it seemed like it it seemed better than 
the Ray Kylo kiss. Yeah. Um, I like <laughs> I like their ending together better than what we saw in Rise of Skywalker. That's a for a different discussion. Yeah. But I did like the fact. I think it was very pur- purposeful that they embraced mm-hmm. instead of kissed. I think that that was. It was more of a sign of mm-hmm. we're free from this inner torture. Conflict. Yeah, and yeah. It, it, even you can see it when Cassian Andor was trying to go kill Galen Erso. Cherit said, "Oh, he does. He look like a killer to Baze." And Baze is like, "No, because he, has a face he can. Of a friend. He can sense the the force around him pretty much." Yeah. And, yeah. So I thought that was clever, and I mean, I liked rewatching it just now and seeing. Jin had this like neutral but between the rebels and between the empire how is we all have a choice in things and that was like one of the things i really appreciated about it because you know the jedi lost their way during the clone wars we i think jin helped the rebels keep on track with their goal of you know having peace and freedom in the galaxy because they were going there like oh we're going to start a war we're going to go and bomb uh edu and kill galen urso and and they were all like very stubborn, even though they were trying to survive and trying to. But you can look at things different different way. You can look at the Empire. Oh yeah, the Empire. They're just trying to maintain peace and security for the the galaxy. But then the rebels, they're they're evil. They're they're trying to go against their order. There's always the two ways of looking at things. And I think that's yeah. and it was good that they had Jin in the middle and how she banded like a group of of rebels that were not appreciated appreciative of their rebel past they every after they did a mission they were saying like oh yeah i wasn't happy with what i did i always look back and i'm like that's a big regret so those those recruits that she got to take to scarif that was clever i like that what'd you think um i i did i did enjoy that too the only thing i don't know um i guess what i i didn't like about that was all of a sudden she was giving or trying to give orders in like the big circle with all of the Alliance at the time. And it was just like, mm-hmm. wait, how did she like, where was Cassian Cassian? He's an intelligence officer. He has that not like knowledge. Why wasn't he there with them discussing? Why was she pleading her case? Yeah. Seemed kind of weird. I think because I mean, she was the primary source to Galen's. But again, there was some, some leaders that didn't the on the council that didn't, agree they're like oh how do we know you're not lying how do we know galen's uh information was to pull us out of yavin and and de- demolish the rebellion so there's always like that different that safe feeling or that that some people that wanted to fight there's always those different people with different opinions so yeah she, she was just being the primary source that's why that's what i think and again maybe that makes a lot more sense yeah the listener out there has something different i'll be happy to hear anything that you come up with <laughs> yeah it, i think for me you know when i was originally watched the movie um in theaters i think that was the first time all of us like all of our friend group um went to go see star wars together wasn't it it was either that or it was the force it awakens. wasn't epi- no it wasn't force awakens i watched that that was the first time beth my I wife knew. met my family <laughs> we went to go see um Force Awakens. Yeah, so I think then then it was definitely it was it was definitely, definitely Rogue One. Rogue One, yeah. And with Rogue One, I don't know about you, I believed that someone was going to survive from that main group. Yeah, well, they they originally I think they were supposed to actually survive, but then they had those big rewrites. That's what another thing I want to talk about is they had those rewrites, probably mm-hmm. three quarters in to almost releasing, and then they 
Like you can tell because in the trailers they had Jin like uh there's this whole scene I that have, wasn't I have in the there. direct quote. Wait, I have the direct quote. Okay, go ahead. You ready for this? Yeah. It is this is a rebellion, isn't it? I rebel. Yeah. And that scene was completely cut out, but that appeared in the teaser trailer initially. Uh <laughs> so there was definitely um mm-hmm. There, there are points where you can see when the director changes, the rewrites were made. Yeah, and even there's one scene in the trailer when she was on the top of the Citadel on Scarif. That's there's another scene in a trailer that it does not show in the movie. Interesting. Yeah, you know, there's one other thing that I have on here that I think is very interesting that the, the like the visual guide and the novelization depict. Mm-hmm. Which is that Jin was actually given the rank of sergeant by a lieutenant as they descended down onto Scarif. So she got a battlefield promotion <laughs> right before. I was like, so to me, it was like, why aren't they looking to Cassian or someone else to lead this ground assault? Because yeah. and said she's giving the motivational speeches and everything. I guess it makes sense that she because she got promoted, but they don't they didn't say that. So it, I never under quite, quite understood that. Yeah, definitely a weird vibe. At towards, I mean, it's a very memorable, like you said before we even started recording, a very memorable act, th- uh, third act, best but, third act in all of Star Wars. I will, I will say that. Even rewatching mm-hmm. it two days ago, I had like anxiety watching because I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is so intense. I love it, and like I've seen Rogue One like five times, and I still <laughs> probably more than five times, probably like ten yeah. times, and I still had that like stress and anxiety of thinking are they going to do it are they going to get out alive you know that's, all of these feelings. that's me in uh episode three i always think that somehow anakin isn't going to turn to the dark side <laughs> somehow he's not going to kill all the younglings yeah um <laughs> but like i was saying so yeah the, the act the third act is awesome but definitely they had some different writing and you could tell they had some different writing um that was supposed to be in play than yeah. what did actually happen so or what actually occurred so, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it was fitting because, you know, you don't see Jin after in, in A New Hope or in the Rebellion on Yavin on, in A New Hope or see her in Empire. It makes sense. Yeah. I just, I had hope. They, they Rebellions are built on hope, and I had hope <laughs> that one of them was going to live. Yeah. I would, um, see, I would see Cassian. Cassian live. Well, on the upside, we are getting a Cassian k2so tv show so i mean we do get to see more of cassian so i'm, I'm grateful for that and alec tudyk is coming back as k2so <laughs> oh i love it uh by far the sassiest droid and i loved every second of it i like you said in one of our previous episodes we have to do a comparison between like k2so r2d2 c3po uh l3 from solo um like all these different droids like we have to we have to definitely uh look at those and see and Josh, that is a great tie-in to a very special announcement that we have. Would you like to take it away? Yeah. So May the 4th is coming up, and we want to do a special episode for you all. So we are going to be talking about R2-D2. So we're going to have a whole (laughs) whole (laughs) episode about R2-D2, and we'll talk about all the roles he's played in, everything he's been in. Um, a lot of just different little facts about him and maybe even like give him a little bit of a ranking on the, on the yes, track, we'll, we'll see what happens <laughs> with that. We actually, you need to, you listener out there, I'm, I'm looking at you. You can't see it because you know, this is an audio file, but I'm looking at you. 
you need to go follow us on Twitter. We are posting polls related to R2-D2. We are, you know, tweets about asking if you have like a specific question you want to ask us about R2 and how we felt about it. Um, send us a message on Twitter or you can go to our website and at the very bottom there's a contact us and you can contact us with your R2-D2 questions. Do some of that. We would love to talk about it on the uh, on the episode because it's R2-D2 and pretty sure there's like a million things we could unpack we could make that probably a two-hour episode if we, we really we wanted could. to but so you should make sure to send us messages so that way we have more things to talk about and can you know interact with you guys a little bit more um yeah. and you know answer the questions that you guys pose yes. we would love to do that as well now, as we have the uh, may the fourth episode matt what else do we have we are also going to our back to our regular scheduled wednesday episode as well so may 6th we will also have our normal episode which will be captain phasma and i'm pretty excited for it josh i don't know about you um yeah it's different we've done a lot of prequels and original trilogy characters so it's good to change it up and do some sequel characters plus as you know i'm opinionated yes i mean i like captain phasma in battlefront (laughs) (laughs) she's uh stupid she's She's a bit strong. She's OP. Strong. If, you, if you get her cards up to four and then or uh, blue or purple, sorry, purple cards, and then you have your little turret, and uh, you're able to like get a bunch of headshots. She's wicked, insane. Oh, you and you and Battlefront two all over again. But so that is our plan for the upcoming couple of weeks. We're really excited about the R two D two episode. I think that he is a great droid and is he the best droid you're gonna have to tune in to find out (laughs) but thank you guys so much for checking it out this week again make sure to follow us on twitter also follow us on instagram we are at wannabe jedi podcast give us a follow my amazing wife has been really awesome with helping us with some cool pictures as we post our episodes so you can take a look at some of the behind the scenes stuff that we do as well as just other fun stuff that we think is cool with star wars shout shout yeah. out woo! shout out to her especially she's uh she is amazing but anyway wow this went really long i'm very <laughs> proud of us um we'll see you guys all next week take care everyone may the force be with you all <laughs>